Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Oh, Pater! Pater! Hi, everyone, and welcome to the 100th episode of Pater, a Penn State football show. Along with former Penn State and NFL quarterback Matt McGloin, I'm Tom Hannafin. This show is brought to you by our sponsors, Funk Brewing, the official craft beer partner of Pater. We're big fans of Funk Citrus IPA, their Silent Disco IPA, and their Double Disco Double IPA. But don't forget, our official beer, the Pater IPA, is still available right now in Funk's tap room in Emmaus only, but it won't be around much longer. Funk has so many great beers to choose from at their tap rooms in Emmaus, Elizabethtown, and York in Pennsylvania. You can find a variety of Funk Brewing beers at your favorite beer distributor and grocery store. Visit funkbrewing.com to learn where and how you can get their fantastic products. Must be 21 years or older to purchase. Please drink responsibly. Also, Bet Online remains your number one source for all your sports betting needs this season. You'll always find the latest odds, team matchup info, player news, and game trends at Bet Online. And as you're continued source for all sports wagering information bet online features live betting free contests and giveaways all season long always the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports and events whether that's the nfl the nba the nhl mma tennis boxing golf and the college football bowl season head to betonline.ag to join and receive your 50 percent welcome bonus with your first deposit make sure to use the promo code believe that's b-l-e-a-v to receive your rewards pater is presented by bet online where the game starts also we invite you to head to shop.believe.com that's shop.b-l-e-a-v.com and search pater for our two t-shirts one is the official show logo over the heart it comes in white navy blue and black and the other is a navy blue t-shirt it has the pater word mark over the heart and on the back circa the 2012 penn state football season it has matt mcgloin's name and number get one or both of these t-shirts in time for the holidays again head to shop.believe.com that's shop.b-l-e-a-v.com and search pater for our two t-shirts i want to thank you all for tuning in on espn radio state college as well as checking out the podcast version of this show presented by the believe network which is available now on youtube apple Podcasts, spotify tune in and wherever else you get your podcasts and of course hit us up on twitter and let us know what you think of the show at espn radio 1037 at mcgloin qb11 and at tom hannafin matt 100 episodes of Pater. <laughs> this show has been listened to or watched in 78 or more countries and territories around the world. I am blown away at the growth of this podcast in less than a year and a half's time. This has been such a ride. It's been really cool. And just, Matt, to see the audience grow, the response the way it's been, it's been so cool. That's one of the, uh, well, I can't believe it's been a hundred episodes, Tom. It's, it's, quick. Cra- yeah. it's crazy. You're right. But that's been one of the better things about being able to do this podcast week in and week out is the support that we get, the feedback that we get and and the listeners in that you know, Penn State, Big Ten, college football world community that continues to grow. Um, you know, and I mean, that's that that's what's fun about it right there. You know, so and listen. You know, we certainly love Penn State football. We enjoy watching Penn State football. We love breaking Penn State football down, previewing games. Um, you know, so so this podcast is, uh, I mean, it, it's it's been a lot of fun, Tom. You know, again, I can't believe it's been 100 episodes. But, you know, for those of you listening, we wouldn't have made it to 100 episodes, you know, you know, without without you and without your support. So thank you. 
thank you for listening and we'll continue to do our best to make sure that you know um, we're giving you the best possible breakdown the best possible analysis and we're, we're doing a great job of bringing on penn state related guests um, as often as we can. Absolutely. And thank you to all the guests that we've had on. Brandon Noble was awesome mm-hmm. last week. Uh, we have a great guest for this episode. Thanks to people like Trace McSorley, Tom Bahali, Alan Robinson, Paul Pazluzny, who've come on this show. Like It's just astonishing the reaction that we've gotten. And also a big thanks to uh, the Believe Network, uh, Braun and Company, giving us this opportunity. Big thank you to Joe DeLeon, who is our editor, who without him, this show doesn't exist. Big thanks to John Norman at Funk Brewing, because we love beer and he made the Paydirt IPA. And we're really excited about that. But seriously, <laughs> thank you to Funk Brewing for supporting us. So uh, it's just been a lot of fun, man. And at this time of year, uh, it's cool to kind of sit back and reflect, Matt, because December, it's like, all right, you're, it's like, hurry up and wait for the bowl game. There's a lot of recruiting stuff going on. There's transfer portal stuff going on. There's guys that are going to the NFL, a la Parker Washington. There's guys that are sticking around for next season, a la Olu Fushanu. So I thought it would be great to have a guest back on the show that we've had before, a former Penn State defensive tackle, Aeneas Hawkins, who is, of course, a part of Sean Clifford's NIL agency, Limitless NIL, and considering all the things that have got to be going on right now for the Penn State football program, who better than Aeneas to give us some boots on the ground perspective as to what is going on with the state of Nittany Lion football? Joining us now on the historic 100th episode of Paydirt is a former guest of ours, Aeneas Hawkins, former Penn State defensive lineman, and of course, part of the Limitless NIL Collective. Uh, we appreciate you being on here for episode 100, Aeneas, and I uh, wish McGloin could be here, but he's been tied up with all this weather that's going on in Pennsylvania this week. So it's been very, very interesting for us, but uh, I would love the chance to reconnect with you here on Paydirt just because there's been so much that's been going on as of late, and there's no games being played. And I thought, who better to talk to about all this stuff nil transfer portal recruiting than the guy who's literally boots on the ground with the limitless nil collective uh, started by sean clifford so first off how are things going this time of year for you and sean and limitless yeah well tom i appreciate you having me back on it's uh, always a pleasure to be able to do this with you but uh you know things are busy uh, you know, Sean obviously has had a little bit of a break from actually playing in games on Saturdays. So, you know, we're trying to get a lot of work done with Limitless NIL, a lot of growth happening. Uh, and also, you know, a heavy recruiting season going into the new year. Uh, you know, people always, I mean, NIL or, or not NIL, people are always motivated to get things done going into that new year. So we're trying to take advantage of that uh, and really capitalize while, while the iron is hot. What have been some of the conversations you've had with your clients or even people that are not your clients? Yeah, uh, you know, just trying to get guys and girls to to see themselves as the business um, and get them to understand that, you know, while you may be, you know, hot right now, there's no guarantee that it may be like that a year from now, two years from now. So we try to get people that we sign, uh, people that we're trying to sign to see that they have an opportunity and a window right now to capitalize uh, to help set themselves up for when their career is over. The transfer portal infamously opened up with over a thousand athletes in it. That's just major college football alone. So you guys deal with a number of different sports, um, obviously men's and women's sports. Did you guys feel that? Was it kind of like a, a, you know, a faucet going on? How did that feel? Yeah, so it's it's definitely something we keep an eye on, right? Because, you know, the positive side of it is, you know, there are some guys and girls 
you know, both at Penn State nationally, who may not have an opportunity to play where they're at now, uh, but are going to go to a new place where they have a new opportunity, another opportunity to get eyes back on them. So, you know, a part of that as a marketing agency is a good thing, right? We're excited to see them uh, shifting their focus and going somewhere else. But the reality is, I mean, you mentioned over a thousand people in that portal right now. Uh, everybody goes in, but everybody's not coming back out. Uh, so it's it's a dangerous game. You know, I personally had had consideration with hitting that transfer portal with the way my career at Penn State went. Uh, never ended up executing on that. I just, you know, couldn't let go of this this blue and white that they put me in in 2018. Uh, but it's definitely interesting, man, because, you know, like I said, it it affects everything from high school recruiting uh, to, the, to the longevity of a current college athlete's career uh, with the obvious possibility that nothing ends up working out. And considering Limitless is still very, very young, has this – Time of year, December, you've got recruiting, the transfer portal, guys declaring for the NFL draft, guys declaring that they're going to come back. You know, how did you guys get ready for this? Yeah, uh, well, I mean, it's all about projecting. So, you know, we weren't surprised. Uh, we had, we've had a couple of our clients already uh, declare for the NFL draft. A couple of them have announced they're coming back to school. Uh, but, you know, all year long, you know, that's a, part, that's a part of it. We're watching games. We're evaluating how guys are feeling, their headspace. Uh, that way we kind of are prepared when it happens. You know, nobody likes surprises typically, um, unless it's a good surprise where people are coming back. But, you know, obviously we encourage all of our clients to do what's best for them and their families, uh, whether that's going back to school or going to the NFL or going to an NBA. Um, and really that's a part of what we do too. You know, we want to encourage as many of our clients to finish their degree as possible. Um, and we have a unique opportunity through NIL to help encourage people to stay in school, uh, finish their degrees while making some money on the side as well one of the biggest uh, headlines from this week uh speaking x's and o's here for a minute taking off your your limitless nil hat parker washington okay. declaring for the yeah. nfl draft um what do you think about that choice for parker yeah i mean it's interesting stuff um you know i have no doubt that parker washington will go to the nfl and do well he's a guy uh who has always done things right from the time he was a young guy and just got into the program i had always been really impressed with his maturity uh obviously uh, a hell of an athlete great hands uh, and I think he'll thrive in the NFL. I know a lot of people were surprised uh, because he's coming back off of an injury that obviously ended his season. Um, but that's a part of it. You know, football specifically is a game where that, you know, it can be taken away from you really quickly. Um, so, again, we're happy that Parker is, is putting himself in a position to go capitalize and take care of himself and his family. We're recording this on Wednesday the 14th, so it's kind of – wait and see at this point in time with the transfer portal, but it's been publicized that Penn State is heavily targeting a number of different receivers. Dante Cephas is somebody that comes to mind. Uh, Fortin out in Oregon. Guys that they're familiar with that they've had in the recruiting process before. In uh, the way that you look at the receivers that are currently on the roster for Penn State, um, do you think that's an indictment on who they have currently, or is that just trying to bolster what you already got a la the Mitchell Tinsley transfer? Yeah, no, I don't really think it's an indictment on the guys on the roster currently. I know, uh, you know, there's some really talented young guys, specifically uh, Keandre Lambert-Smith's another guy who has not even come close to reaching his fullest potential. And Agreed. I think he will uh, in this Rose Bowl and coming up, especially with the absence of Parker Washington. But, um, you know, Franklin's the guy he's emphasized it all season long. He's going to build as much depth and as much competition as possible because realistically it's necessary to get Penn State to that next step that everybody wants them to get to, which is the college football playoff and competing for Big Ten championships. So, you know, I think them going after guys that they've already recruited uh, is just another sign of that depth that he's trying to build. 
Yeah, I think there's and there's on, on top of that a lot of really interesting freshmen, I think, and, and really, yeah. uh, you know, underclassmen that I don't think have realized their potential yet. But we saw some flashes of guys like Evans, Saunders, yeah. uh, Ivy, um, Driver as well as somebody that's gotten yeah. a lot of buzz. So it's just maybe, hey, let's let's supplement this group for now yeah. and give these guys time to mature a little bit. So I'm, I'm very interested to see how those go in regards to NIL. And you know, we've talked about that a lot, but I think. You guys are literally boots on the ground. You're dealing with success with honor, uh, which is the preferred collective of Penn State athletics. And then you have a number of other collectives that have popped up uh, over the last year to whether they're supplementing specifically football or all athletics or different sports altogether at Penn State. Um, how have those conversations been going, especially as things ramp up here in December? Yeah, you know, the biggest thing that, that I think is a positive with the collectives here at Penn State is that, you know, seemingly on the surface, you know, everybody is trying to pull in the same direction. There's been a lot more conversation as things have heated up with the transfer portal um, and bowl games and things like that. So, you know, I, you know, I'm not going to say that there is not a number that's too many in terms of collectives and state college, but I will say that the ones that we do have now seem to be on the same page and have the same mission, which is to really empower some of these student athletes to find success, uh, which in turn is going to help the university shine as well. I can only imagine the number of conversations that you're having to have to, you know, go through with all these different collectives. And then I also think about James Franklin and his staff just trying to manage the roster. Recruiting is permitted until the 17th. And we have uh, the early signing day coming up here uh, next week. So that everybody's going to be looking forward to that. A couple of recruits have popped up like Mapoyi and uh, Robinson that people are excited yep. about as commits. Uh, this is just this is so bizarre. And I think the last time that we had you on, we talked about the wild west of NIL and recruiting yeah. the, the way college football is. And I can't imagine how a coaching staff keeps an eye on who's coming back, who's going to the NFL draft, recruiting 2023, 24, 25 transfer portal. Oh, and by the way, we have to play in the Rose Bowl on January 2nd against right. Utah. Um, I don't know what your interactions are with the coaching staff right now, if there have been any. How in the world do you manage this? Yeah, I mean, it's it, there's <laughs> there's so many different areas that you have to manage. You have to be able to manage like, well. It feels like whack-a-mole. It's ridiculous. Every day there's something new that they have to hustle and bustle and figure out. You know, I think really – you know, it, it, you got to give credit to Franklin's staff because no matter who you are, no matter what type of head coach you are, if you want to navigate all of these new facets of college football and college athletics as a whole, you better have a staff that is capable of handling all these different changes. It's, it's nuts. And you kind of joke about it. But at the end of the day, you got to go play Utah in that Rose Bowl. Utah is a damn good football team. Um, so it's tough. You got to learn how to prioritize and make the important things important. Um, and you got to have a staff that can support you in doing that. Does it put in perspective for you the contract extension that James Franklin got last year? Because one of the big things in that contract extension was more money for the, pro the program facilities, but also for assistant coaches. And we saw how that staff expanded. I just looked at the addition of Ken Wisenhunt, a former head coach in the National Football League. Yep. A brilliant resume is an assistant on this staff just to facilitate plenty of the things that they're doing. Maybe it's not recruiting. Who knows exactly what it is? More X's and O's, for instance. But this staff is enormous. And every time you look at you know a team picture for the year, I remember the one for the University of Florida this year, it looked like a small army filling up the stands. Yeah. Yeah. Does this make more sense now, the way that his contract got worked out last year? 
I'll tell you what, it makes a bunch of sense to me, you know, just having played here at Penn State. And, you know, I saw a lot of staff members come and go and a lot of important staff members come and go. Uh, Franklin always does a really good job of replacing those guys. Um, but, you know, retention is important, especially with with the addition of NIL, with the addition of the transfer portal. There are just so many different areas that a staff better be elite at if they want a chance to be able to put together an elite football team on Saturdays. What is your communication like with athletes in the transfer portal at other schools? You know, everybody yeah. talks about smoke signals being sent up. Yeah, and that's that's a, that's a good question. Um, you know, now obviously not playing. I'm putting my limitless and IL hat back on. You know, we've had athletes, like I said, hit the transfer portal before. So just as an NIL guy, um, you know, we try to keep that conversation open. Hey, what are you thinking? What are your top two, top three? Because what we do then is immediately start making connects at that school, uh, businesses in that location that we think our athlete can work with just to try to set them up for as much success as possible uh, before the athlete even gets there. So essentially the athlete's kicking the tires by reaching out to you to kind of be like, hey, what can I accomplish here at Penn State? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it's definitely conversations that we have. Uh, we have not gone as far as, you know, obviously there are state rules at high school levels. Some states have sure. NIL, some don't allow it. Uh, but we have not gotten as far as, you know, when Penn State's recruiting a guy, hey, Limitless and I.L., go help him out. Uh, but I would not be surprised if that happens in the future as well. You know, just the way this game has changed uh, and to stay competitive. I read an article the other day that there was a kid that Ohio State missed out on because they didn't have $750,000 uh, to offer him. And it's like, what are we doing? Um, so, you know, just, just <laughs> being prepared for these constant changes, uh, these constant adjustments and being ready to put these kids in the best position to win. You hit on a really interesting subject there that I think is going to continue to dominate college football until there's some sort of either state or national regulation or, you know, shockingly, the NCAA gets involved to a meaningful capacity. But yep. you know, pay for play. Yep. And it's been documented that Texas A&M, the University of Miami, Florida, allegedly teams that are paying for play. And then you talked about, you know, Ohio State is probably one of those teams in that boat. And I'm not asking you to you know comment on that necessarily, but that's something that people have talked about for a while. And then you've got programs like Penn State, like Michigan, for instance, who Harbaugh and Franklin have publicly said will not pay players to come to their university. It's we're going to recruit you. And then once you're in the door, you'll have access to NIL. Um, I mean, over a thousand kids in the transfer portal. And they all have their handout for sums like you just said, and probably bigger. Where where is college football going with this, man? Oh, man, you know the whole pay to play thing specifically is what's interesting to me because you know I there has to be a standard nationally that everybody is following um, because what we're getting to is a, a point where certain programs are sitting at an advantage that other programs just don't have. Maybe some schools are in an infrastructure of a city that maybe just doesn't have. Uh, the amount of businesses and successful businesses that can support uh, what these college football and basketball players are demanding. So, you know, I do think that there has to come a point in which we kind of level out, sit down, have a conversation and set the standard uh, because, you know, you have coaches, like you said, like Harbaugh and Franklin, who said, you know, we're not going to do anything until you get in the door. But how realistic is it to stay at that point if everybody else in the country finds a way to do that? Um, so yeah, definitely. There's a lot of gray area, a lot of things that need solved. Uh, you asked where college football is heading. I don't know. And I don't think anybody really does yet. It's so strange because it's the 
bizarro world inverse of the NFL and that if a player's not happy, he just leaves. And then, you know, I looked yeah. at what happened recently, which is Baker Mayfield getting traded from the Carolina Panthers to the LA Rams and had that miraculous victory the other night. But like he has no control over his situation. And granted, he's being paid millions of dollars. It's a apples to oranges conversation. But is it, you know, it's, it's, right. you know, you talk about a guy getting offered, you know, or wanting three quarters of a million dollars. And that doesn't sound unreasonable at this point in time, right. the way that you hear some programs. I, I remember last off season, uh, the university of Miami offered uh, a quarterback recruit millions yeah. of dollars to come to school. Like, I don't know wh a, which one's the professional league. It's, and it's a different one. I will also say, you know, you got to be careful because at the end of the day, you know, it's easy to see the college football guys who are playing and they got these big muscles and they're running around. Everybody's watching. You think they're adults and you think that they're ready for that type of spotlight and that type of opportunity financially. But a lot of them aren't. So I guess my question is, OK, we give these kids a bunch of money. You know, who's guiding them and helping them understand how to take care of that money and how to set themselves up for success uh, once they do find some of that money that they a lot of them have never in their lives had before. Um, so, again, like there's a big can of worms that can be open. Uh, it can be an extremely positive thing, I think, um, if, you know, it's handled the right way. And I'm not sure that nationally we're all there yet. I, I think you hit a really important subject there in that yourself and, and Sean Clifford and the rest of Limitless NIL are at this really interesting crossroads with all this and that, you know, you're the intersection of guys maybe about to go into the professional ranks, but also you're dabbling in college and maybe what do I do? Do I make the jump? Do I stay here? You know, what's my future like? You had a career that was shortened by injury, unfortunately. Sean Clifford, who knows what his professional aspirations are in the National Football League and how that could pan out um, if he pursues that. I'm sure he will. But at the same time, it, you guys have this opportunity to educate. Um, has that been you know, illuminated now as December is upon us and especially for Sean that his career at Penn State's coming to a close? Are you a fan of rivalries? Are you a fan of smack talk? Do you like to stand out from the crowd at tailgates? If so, head over to Smack Apparel and check out what their team is geared up for this football season. Their Let There Be White tee is the perfect gear for those famous whiteout games at Beaver Stadium. Or get straight to the point with the worst tee for all the Ohio State haters out there. Smack Apparel makes the gear that'll have everyone asking where you got it. They have the must-have tees for all your teams, including pro football, baseball, basketball. Every fan is covered. Head over to their website, smackapparel.com, and use the promo code PAYDIRT at checkout for 10% off. Again, that's smackapparel.com, promo code PAYDIRT at checkout. Why wear boring when you can wear smack? Are you looking for undeniably good hair and beard care? Then Maestro's Classic is perfect for you. This month is No Shave November, so visit maestrosclassic.com. That's M-A-E-S-T-R-O-S classic.com all month long. You can get a free beard comb with any purchase of $25 or more. Just use the promo code FREECOMB. That's F-R-E-E-C-O-M-B. Also, a reminder, use our promo code PAYDIRT15, that's PAYDIRT15, at checkout for 15% off your order. Maestro's Classic, crafting a better you. Yeah, I mean, that's a great question. I think the the opportunity to educate these these young men and women has, has been at the forefront of this whole thing. Um, you know, and it's obviously even more, uh, even more emphasized now that, that these things are happening on a more normal rate. Uh, countrywide so you know we 
you know, just for us, we look to develop our athletes and our clients holistically. Uh, you know, we're going to get you deals. We're going to bring some money in. But we also want to teach you how to go get money yourself. We want to teach you how to keep it in your pockets, how to prepare for tax season, uh, you know, media training, all the things that they need to be successful. Uh, and again, I, I said it before and I'll say it again, getting the athlete to see themselves as the business um, and teaching them how to do it the right way is what's really important to us. I think there are a lot of agencies, a lot of collectives who will simply throw the money at the athlete, um, but then they're not going to do anything to make sure that that athlete uh, takes care of it, takes care of themselves and puts themselves in a position to win. What were some things that when you were at Penn State, you know, you're playing under James Franklin, that education, what was that like? Yeah, um, I'll tell you what, there was a guy, Will Flaherty, who was, who was big for me. He's our director of player development. Um, and, you know, for me personally, I was constantly in meetings with Flaherty, having conversation. Uh, and they have a really nice open door policy where if you're an athlete at Penn State, if you're a football player, you have all of these resources and all these people who want to help. Um, and, you know, it's hard to appreciate when you're in the building uh, and you're a young person and you don't necessarily see the opportunity that's right there in front of you. But as you get out of it, as you start talking to more people and seeing how other schools are handling, you know, the education of their student athletes, uh, it makes you appreciate it. Coach Franklin, before NIL, made a point to, to make sure that his players were growing and learning and developing beyond just the football field. Um, so for that, you know, I can never say anything too negative about Coach uh, because he always made that a priority. No, that seems very evident with James Franklin. I know he can come under fire at times, and certainly on this show, we've called out certain things in terms of you know player development on the field. I know that's um, something that uh, Matt and Brandon Noble talked about in our last episode, but in regards to preparing guys for after Penn State or even after football, whether that include the, whether that's including the National Football League or not, I, I think Franklin's track record is very, very clear in that Obviously, Penn State will do wonders in terms of getting you noticed to get to the National Football League or other professional football leagues beyond that. But it's just getting guys ready for life. And I have yet in the life of this podcast, Aeneas, talked to one former Penn State football player, whether it was under Joe Paterno, Bill O'Brien, or James Franklin, that left Penn State and felt, oh, I'm unprepared for the real yeah. world. Um, why, why do you think that's just been so consistent over the years? Man... It's, it's tough. I think the easy answer is just, you know, the Penn State tradition, you know, the way they operate. You know, obviously, I only ever experienced Coach Franklin. And, you know, as much as I love him, that dude is a nutcase, man. He has a standard <laughs> with everything. Listen, it is, give it's me an funny, example. And I say that I say that in like a respectful way, in an yeah. appreciative way. Um, but his standard is so high. Um, and he will call you out if he doesn't feel like you're performing at your best. And that's across everything. That's football. That's academics. That's socially. Um, and because of that standard, because you wake up every day and understand, hey, I better be on my P's and Q's or I'm going to have an issue. Um, you know, when you get to the real world, you're not unprepared. Uh, a part of the reason I chose to come to Penn State, and I know a lot of guys do, is because of this alumni network and the rich history and tradition of this school. Um, and that's the biggest benefit. Again, you know, I'm not going to get too far off on a tangent here, but, you know, I was going to go to another university that I really wanted to go to. And the reason I came was because I knew no matter how my football career went, no matter if I found any success or ever found the quarterback, which I didn't, by the way, my life would be OK if I simply worked hard and stayed connected at Penn State. Um, so, yeah, yeah. Give me you got to give me a nutcase example. That's, you know, PG. Damn. It doesn't get you in too much hot water. Yeah. So, OK, so I'll tell you this. My last 
season at Penn State, I had a I had a fractured tibia going into the year. I had already signed up for a physical education class here at school. I needed it to graduate, and it was a running class. Uh, so I was not running. Uh, I had a fractured leg. Um, didn't communicate that clearly with the professor. Grades came back. I got a C in gym class, essentially, because I refused to run. Uh, I got called to the office by Franklin, um, and we had a spirited discussion. Spirited, yeah. yeah, A a spirited conversation about how I managed to get a C in gym class, uh, and he made it clear that wasn't the standard. And, you know, I agreed. Uh, Ended up getting my degree anyway, so we're good. But, uh, yeah, man, he will light you up. (laughs) He will light you up if he sees, uh, sees you're not performing up to the standard for sure. I love how you uh, sugarcoated that. That was perfect. Uh, <laughs> no, because I think about, you know, I brought it up for the life of this podcast. And this is you know, 2018 Penn State loses to Ohio State in the soul crushing yep. loss at home. Uh, Dwayne Haskins of Ohio State leads a big comeback. And afterward, James Franklin famously has a speech of we've been a good yep. football team. We've been a great football team. We're not an elite football team. Uh, and I'm and he said exactly, quote, I'm going to make sure everyone's very uncomfortable. Yeah. Have you have you continued to see that? And you talk about like, oh, him being a nutcase and like down to the detail. But is that mentality continued? Absolutely. He Coach Franklin is who he is, man. That's that's never going to change. I remember that speech. Well, I remember before the speech, he gave us something similar in the locker room after the game. Um, and I remember everybody kind of looking around at each other like, man, OK, we're going to have to turn this up a little bit. Um, and again, you know, I always hear, you know, you better get comfortable being uncomfortable. Um, and Coach Franklin is the guy who embodies that. And he demands that out of everybody in the room. And what it leads to when the guy at the top is doing it, um, now your coaches, your assistant coaches, your leaders on the team, all the way down to the young guys, they are trying to uphold that standard of driving and trying to be great in the details and trying to do everything the right way. Uh, because realistically, what we've seen is there's not a big margin of error in the Big Ten and nationally to be a good football team. And it takes that uh, to find success. And not even with James Franklin, but I look at the recent events surrounding Deion Sanders going to Colorado and the way that he addressed the players. I know that he's come under fire for that, but honestly, I think he was trying to light a fire under guys and be like, hey, I'm not messing around. I'm here to inspire people. But at the same time, he was like, if you're not going to if you're not going to put in the work, hit the bricks. Um, You know that I don't know. How did you feel about that instance in particular? Yeah. So, I mean, I've had this conversation several times with buddies who played college football, too. Uh, It kind of goes both ways. Some guys, you know, didn't like it because, you know, it's perceived a certain kind of way in terms of, you know, hitting the portal and hit the road if you're not going to do this and that. But honestly, that meeting was pretty standard to what it could be like in a college football team meeting, in my opinion. Um, You know, accountability. Uh, challenging guys. That's what college football is. I didn't have an issue with Deion Sanders doing that. And, you know, realistically, he's proven success at Jackson State. Obviously, we know who he was as a player. Um, And if he can get guys to go and really put their nose to the grind, so I think he'll have a lot of success. Uh, So I have no issue with that team meeting that he had. I I agree with you. Honestly, as somebody who played mid-level high school football in the state of Connecticut, you get chewed out, you get told you're not going to be there every once in a while. So I can only imagine what it's like at a major FPS school. That's uh, yeah, that doesn't seem all that surprising. Um, Speaking, you know, we talked about a little bit before and, and Penn State, you know, amidst this huge whirlwind of all these things that are happening right now, we talked about a little bit. They have to worry about a freaking bowl game. January 2nd, the Rose Bowl against Utah. 
there have been a couple of opt-outs, obviously, for Penn State. We know about Joey Porter Jr. going to the NFL. We know about Parker Washington going to the NFL. Um, Christian Fayer is a transfer. He's leaving, granted, not a starter. So that's not necessarily going to be a huge hit to Penn State. Meanwhile, Olu Fushanu is a maybe for the bowl game. He was week to week with injuries during the regular season. And then very recently, Utah, um, their star tight end, who's arguably outside of Cam Rising, their quarterback, the catalyst for the offense, Dalton Kincaid, is not going to be playing in the Rose Bowl. And their number one corner, um, I believe Cam Phillips, is not going to be playing in the game as well. Um, As we get closer and closer to this game, as a former player, how do you feel about the matchup? Yeah, I'm, I'm excited for it. I'll tell you what, I've watched Utah all year long. Um, I think even with those departures for the draft, they're a really good football team. Um, honestly, I watched them play, and there are a lot of similarities uh, to Penn State's style. Um, but again, I, I'm really excited really to see Penn State's defense match up with Utah's offense and that quarterback. I think their quarterback does a really good job. Uh, but I do think you know, other than Joey Porter Jr., other than a guy like Parker Washington, those veterans are locked in and are excited to go to the Rose Bowl. I think almost that there's an advantage that Utah has been to the Rose Bowl before and Penn State hasn't because of the level of excitement and preparation uh, in that drive that they're going to have every day in preparation uh, may give them an extra edge. Um, I like Penn State to win. I think it's a really good game. I think it may be electric, uh, but I think 73-year-old Sean Clifford finds a way to get the job done in the last game. He's, he's seen too many of these before, man. Yeah, I mean, oh God, if, if he could pull off a, two 11-win seasons in his career, yeah. um, you know, I, I know people give him a lot of flack, and granted, I've been critical of him on this show, but at the same time, you pull that off, uh, his legacy is there. Uh, and your interactions with him, you know, how's he feeling leading up to this was all coming to an end, unfortunately? Yeah, I mean – yeah, it's, it's really interesting stuff because, you know, obviously, you know, people feel the way they feel about him. Uh, some people do, that is. Other people give him a lot of credit. Uh, regardless, it seems like Sean is just focused on the team and, and going out and finishing the right way. Uh, he's a guy who doesn't let the outside noise really get into his ears. Uh, he's, I mean, that kid, it, people don't know it. They don't see it. Nobody outworks him. He's overprepared every time. Uh, and the guys in that locker room, respect the hell out of him um and that's the most important thing as long as he has that i don't think he's too worried i know i've known sean since we were in high school i know the rose bowl game is something that he's always aspired to so i'm sure he's excited to go out and hopefully go out the right way that's really sweet that you called him kid (laughs) yeah maybe maybe that's a little facetious there yeah again 73 years old go ahead yeah 73 years old god uh in regards to bowl games you know you were obviously you know at penn state when they had some significant opportunities in bowl games yeah is it at a point you know in your conversations with active football players is it at a point where it's the college football playoff or nothing in terms of bowl games or is the rose bowl the only bowl game outside of the cfp that actually matters yeah, it's, it's interesting. I think it depends a lot on where the program realistically is uh, and what the program is capable of. I know at Penn State, you know, and I'll speak freely, there was not a year where we did not aspire towards the college football playoff and really nothing else until we had to aspire to something else. Uh, I'm not a believer that bowl games don't matter at all. Uh, we went to the Cotton Bowl, even the Citrus Bowl and Outback Bowl. Those were good opportunities. and We were all excited to be a part of it. Um, but if I'm going to say that there is one bowl game that stands out, that's not a college football playoff. It's certainly the Rose Bowl game. Um, I, 
I won't say that the excitement level is equal to a college football playoff berth, um, but everybody in that locker room recognizes how big of an opportunity that is, and everybody's looking forward to it. I even said, I'm like, man, if I would have known that a Rose Bowl was potentially there, I'd have sacrificed my knee for one more year, man, and, and went and been a part of it. So, you know, I'm not a believer that, that bowl games don't matter at all, uh, although obviously the college football playoff certainly has seemed to diminish that a little bit. It has. And, you know, the expansion coming up in 2024, I'm very curious to see how that affects recruiting NIL, the transfer portal, because all of a sudden the pool of teams that can actually get in to the playoff obviously expands. But then in terms of recruiting, you're not just targeting the conventional powerhouses a la Georgia, Alabama, Michigan, Ohio State. Now, for instance, you can look at the team that is, you know, maybe 12th in the country that you would have you know, say you're a top flight recruit, you'd been like, eh, I'm not going to think about that. I want to play in the national title game. Now, all of a sudden, you can do that. And it's not to say that Penn State's on the outside looking in, but hell, they're number 11 this year. So theoretically, if you had the 12 team playoff, they would be in. Uh, there's just so many little details about this, Aeneas, that I think from a macro perspective, looking at this bowl game, what do you think Penn State stands to gain outside of just the outcome on the field? Yeah, you know, just from a player's perspective, um, you know, the players know that that college football playoff is expanding, but also, you know, there's already a lot of hype building for next year and what next season can bring. Um, so I know those guys are looking to propel into that offseason and propel into a college football playoff. Um, and even the veteran guys on the team who may not be back next year are looking at it as an opportunity to set Penn State up for future success, uh, especially as that playoff is expanding. So, you know, I know there's a lot of focus. I know there's a lot of energy uh, and guys are looking to go into that offseason the right way. Because realistically, once you go win a Rose Bowl, the only next step in terms of getting better is to make it to a college football playoff. Um, and that's what I know all those guys and coaches in that locker room want to do. Yeah, and obviously that needs to be the expectation of Penn State. I don't think Penn State fans would accept anything less than that. Um, yeah. It's just such a high standard, and it shows the, the gap between, you know, I look at it, Georgia and the gap between Georgia and Penn State. It feels huge, but maybe it's more just, fractions of a percentage and it's just this little marginal difference here and there um, yep. are you seeing that incremental growth that penn state needs for 2023 uh, i definitely am i definitely am i was actually just kind of looking position by position um and i couldn't name a position group that did not improve after last season other than maybe one or two small spots so you know i think recruiting has improved a lot i think another big deal that people don't talk about enough is keeping your coordinators and your position coaches on staff for as long as possible because half of the battle is getting a system that guys feel really really confident in and have run a thousand times before i think about a school like georgia um you know, that head coach over there has a sound system defensively and offensively that all those players know like the back of their hand. Um, you know, we saw the offense take some strides this year here at Penn State. A big part of that is having Mike Yersich back for another year, a program that everybody already knows. So, you know, I think I, I think it's close. Um, I do think a school like Georgia, uh, maybe in Alabama when they're on, uh, you know, they're maybe a step or two ahead in certain spots. Uh, but again, it comes back to the depth that Franklin's trying to build, the way they're recruiting, NIL. It, you know, it's all a part of it at this point. It's and it's crazy how much goes in to to covering those small steps that maybe Georgia, Ohio State, et cetera, are ahead. 
It's a fascinating time right now in college football. Seriously, man, it just it just keeps on changing. I can't even imagine what you guys are dealing with in terms of boots on the ground. I know there's probably some things that you just you can't quite get into because you're dealing with business. But I hope everything with Limitless NIL is going as well as possible, especially especially around the holiday season. You're trying to get guys in and get guys signed or something like that. It's like, yeah, I'm trying to take off for Christmas or whatever you're trying to do. New Year's. I mean, this has got to be nuts for you guys. It's nuts. I'm telling you right now, when Christmas Eve hits, I'm turning my phone off and it's not coming back on until January 1st. I don't want to hear any lip about it. I already told, you know, Sean Clifford is my boss. And I told him, don't don't even ask me to turn my phone on because I'm not going to. Nothing's happening. Good. But well, yeah, hopefully, um, hopefully with the holiday and then the you know, little thing in Pasadena happening on January 2nd, he's occupied uh-huh. and he lays off. Yeah, I'm hoping so. I'm hoping so. I, I'm excited for uh, Sean going to the Rose Bowl. I will be taking my my year's vacation uh, that same week. So I may actually be in Pasadena taking my vacation while he works. <laughs> I, I love this like false universe where Sean, uh, Sean Clifford is an overbearing, like Scrooge-esque <laughs> boss or something like that. I imagine that's not the case. He seems uh, like a very pleasant person. Nah, he does a good job. He definitely does a good job. I love working with him. Um, yeah, I'm just giving him a hard time. <laughs> good, good. I'm happy to hear that. Aeneas, thank you so much for coming on here on Paydirt. Best of luck to everything you guys have going on this season. I can't imagine how it is keeping your heads on straight and, like I said, playing whack-a-mole with everything that's going on. You guys do an awesome job at Limitless NIL. And uh, enjoy the holiday season, man. I appreciate it. You too, Tom. Thank you for having me on, brother. Thank you all so much for joining us. We'll be back on ESPN Radio State College on Mondays and Fridays from 4 p.m. to 5 p.m. Eastern for the remainder of the Penn State football season. If you want to check out the podcast version of this show presented by the Believe Network, this episode and our entire library of shows is available now on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, TuneIn, and wherever else you get your podcasts. And of course, let us know what you think of the show on Twitter at ESPN Radio 1037 at QB 11 and at Tom Hannafin. Pater is presented by Bet Online and by Funk Brewing. Thanks again, everyone, and join us next week for more Pater. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.